Get ready to unleash your inner fire with two badass ginger women who mean business. They're here to challenge the status quo and disrupt the traditional corporate world. Join them as they share their unfiltered thoughts and experiences on entrepreneurship, leadership, and navigating the business world as fierce redheads. From dealing with discrimination to harnessing the power of their unique personalities, they'll leave you feeling inspired and ready to conquer your own business ventures. So grab your headphones and let's ignite the world of business together. This is the Ginger Rage Podcast. All right. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. Ginger Rage podcast episode six. Um, I'm Courtney. I'm Sarah. I'm almost caffeinated and ready to go. Almost. 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 We're, we're trying out this early morning recording again. Let's see. We're going to see how this goes um, until you all tell us how much you hate it and how ridiculous we are. Uh, you know, we're just going to keep we're gonna going. We're going to keep going. Early morning seems to be the only time we can find in our busy work life schedules before things get rapidly spiraling out of control yes absolutely and then you're just ready to like disassociate at the end of the day staring at a wall listening to podcasts or audiobooks yes i co-sign i've been doing that every day (laughs) but you could disassociate with us ginger rage podcast that's great that's true great for disassociating (laughs) after work during work <laughs> or i mean but maybe not appropriate like pre-bedtime listening because it, you might just get yourself worked up into such a rage yeah we'll also ask if you're driving to use your best judgment and pull over if you get too ragey <laughs> the ginger age podcast 2 a.m edition where all of us are up <laughs> and we're, in a rage <laughs> we're all raging at 2 a.m we'll we'll start hosting zoom parties um so sarah what are we talking about today Lady lady stuff in the workforce? Yeah. Well, and specifically appearances in the workplace and how it differs. Well, a couple things. How it differs from men walking into the workplace and how it's differed since the pandemic. And then specifically Zoom. When we're all sitting in our jammies, why do we still feel compelled to put on makeup and either for ourselves, which like, hey, I wear makeup on my Zoom calls most often. But what happens when you don't? Comments from coworkers, from bosses, and what we should do about it. Maybe. We got, yeah, we, we're not. Um, we got a lot of feedback on this. And, you know, a, one, one point that a lovely lady brought up was, you know, how do you deal with that pressure? to wear makeup and be presentable on Zoom when you work with a vast majority of male coworkers. Um, Another thing she brought up that if we have time, we can touch on. It's this idea about, you know, like, hey, we menstruate, deal with it. And sometimes that's not fun for us. And sometimes we're in a lot of pain and dealing with a lot of physical issues. Like, how do you deal with that in the workplace, specifically when you have male bosses? yeah, which I mean, I have I have feelings on. Well, I say m- make them uncomfortable because they're <laughs> going to be more uncomfortable about you having that than you are. <laughs> Absolutely. To any of you who have ever asked a younger partner in your youths uh, to go and buy you tampons or pads at the uh, drugstore, like 
that level of discomfort for some men just it never goes away and it's amazing (laughs) and the most absurd thing ever the most absurd thing ever um all right where do we where should we start well i maybe just start with some of my own personal stories of of wearing makeup or not on zoom that oh and I, i will say like this this like part of this was spurred on by your comments which were amazing and very on point for this topic but also this week i uh as a daft elder millennial thank you eliza um was educated that there is a makeup filter that you can apply on zoom and i i was horrified And as someone who uses the touch up my appearance button on Zoom or Slider. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I, I use it all the time. I found it because I was like, I don't know, maybe I want to make myself into like a little fox on a black background because that's prefer where my that. head was at. <laughs> yeah. I like that as well. Uh, we've used that in meetings. We once had an entire team meeting all just wearing various animal heads and it's probably the most productive we've ever been. Um, I mean, then you don't <laughs> even need to worry about your appearance. Exactly. No, I, I, there's a couple of things for me. So ginger age, we are redheads. I'm mm-hmm. redhead. My eyelashes are white. Uh, if you were to <laughs> see us right now, I don't have mascara on. I'm not wearing makeup. I, I woke up an hour ago and uh, this is just me all natural. But uh, I have a Actually, I brought it downstairs. I have a, a mascara, a desk mascara and a desk lipstick. <laughs> so I tend to throw on mascara and lipstick before my Zoom calls. And I think the reason, I know the reason is because when I don't, people ask me, are you okay? Are you feeling all right? Are you tired? Sarah, you look tired. And it's mostly because I'm very pale and I have blonde high lashes and I do look, I mean, and you know what? I am tired. Fuck off. But, That's right. And I also don't need you to point it out. I looked at myself in the mirror this morning. I have looked at my like my image reflected back to me on the camera. I know how I look. <laughs> I, and I think that maybe that's part of the issue. Like generally, do I really care if someone thinks I look tired? Not particularly. But I also wor- work in an industry and in a department that is very appearance-focused. You know, I work alongside salespeople, and if you are a salesperson or have worked with salespeople, you know, appearance plays a huge part. I mean, that's probably even a different episode, but uh, <laughs> into their, I don't know, the way that they carry themselves, the way that they meet clients, it's very, it's more, more dressed up, less casual for women. It's a lot of makeup. And I'm a pretty light makeup person on a day-to-day basis, but I do wear makeup most days because I do feel sort of obligated, especially I don't know if you've ever gotten on a call and you're the least made up one there. You're like, ooh. Well, wow. The least the least made up female on female. there because I've certainly gotten on calls and there have been men on there who look like they have just had like a three-week bender and like uh, like the hair is all over the place. Like they haven't showered. They're in a hoodie. Like they're all over. And you're just like, are, are you okay, sir? Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like the, the – the bar is so much lower because I also – I regularly get on Zoom calls with men who just have a baseball cap on and a hoodie. Oh, very frequently. They look fine. Yeah. I have no – like, it's fine. 
Uh, and and we both work in tech, right? Like that's a very common thing. Like the hoodie, the baseball cap, the headphones. Like you and I are are very similarly dressed, right? Like yes. I almost put on a baseball cap before I jumped on here this morning. <laughs> We're both wearing sweatshirts, our headphones. I, you know, we're just, we are casual. And I, I will go to meeting some meetings like this. I'm more apt to go to a team meeting or my one-on-ones like this. But if I'm getting on a sales meeting, I, I use my desk mascara and my desk lipstick. Sometimes I'll throw a little blush on because again, so pasty. And, <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. But it's, it, it's an interesting conversation because a couple of the articles, well, I should back up for a second. When I was researching for this episode, I had to sift through I mean, hundreds of articles. Do you, your Zoom makeup in five minutes? How to look better on Zoom? How to get rid of a double chin on Zoom? How to depuff your eyes for Zoom? How, like all of these were like ways for women, for feminine presenting people to look nicer on Zoom. And it, they, I didn't see any articles that were like, men how to enhance those cheekbones. Hey, <laughs> no one was doing that. That It's specifically for women. And so I really had to dig through and find the more critical articles. And I found a couple. I found four, you guys. A four. whole four. Look a out. Whole, a whole four. And there were a couple of consistent themes is that women felt like they were taken more seriously. They felt more comfortable and then the third thing is we're staring at ourselves all day and we become even more critical of our faces. And so putting on makeup – and I have – I should also just mention like I have no – if you are someone who really gets a ton of joy out of putting makeup on oh, – rock on. Do it. And I, I have those moments too. I kind of like the getting ready in the morning, sitting down, putting my makeup on. I get joy out of that. And there's no – not being critical at all if that is your choice. It's when you feel – pressure or obligated and or obligated to do certain things and i mean that extends even outside of the zoom realm as well right like as we start to to head into the offices again which why but that's a whole other (laughs) topic of conversation um and you know for us as consultants as we head to client sites right there is this you know there's a persona and I like, I view it as a costume, right? Like, yes. Like it's like you're prepping yourself for a performance for the day, right? Like Sarah and I both did theater. We're, we're both like, we both did participated in the arts, right? Like it's like you're getting up in the morning and doing your face and your, your hair and you're putting on your costume and you're going out there to be like the work persona of Sarah and Courtney, Mm -hmm. Um, which is not something that like, men necessarily have the pressure to do right like and that can take a long ass time in the morning like Sarah and I we both have curly hair that is very unruly um so like to get ourselves to be like work presentable is what like at least an hour oh yeah I mean that's if I don't even decide to dry my hair which I'm not oh yes Not, (laughs) not doing it uh, absolutely. And, you know, I got kind of off track when I was talking about the different articles, but the one thing that one article, it's a Vox article, I think, yeah, that they called out, that it really made me realize, oh my God, I do this all the time, is that 
we're apologizing the minute we get on Zoom. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't have time to shower today. Or, oh, God, you're my first video call. Oh, God, look at my bags under my eyes. Or, oh, my goodness, I'm not wearing makeup. Like, I would, I, I hadn't thought about it truly until I was reading that article. I hear someone or do that myself almost every single day. Literally did it yesterday. Literally got on a call. I had like, you know, I'm in my house. This is an internal call. This is not client facing. And I had like, so, like I'm of Irish descent very strongly. So I've got a lot of like Aaron sweaters and I have one that is like a cardigan that is 110% a grandma cardigan that I don't fucking care. Like it's comfortable. It's warm and I'm going to wear it. And I like, I got on a zoom and, and with a person that I know very well. And I was like, Hey, just going to apologize in advance for my grandma cardigan. Like, why did I do that? I- who was like and this person who has seen me in a number of grandma type sweaters slash blankets masquerading as clothing was like i have seen worse this is really just the tip of the iceberg (laughs) i know and like in this particular article it's like sorry about my hair day it looks crazy please excuse my wrinkles just ignore my double chin ugh i look disgusting i'm sorry and i have heard every single one of those things Every single one, or truthfully, I've said them myself. And like now I'm looking back, like I really need to cut that shit out. It yeah. don't, why am I apologizing for my appearance of just being in the room without makeup? That's that's insane when you think about it. It well, I mean, and it goes back to this whole like way that we have bred and taught and groomed women to be like super hyper aware and conscious of what they look like and how their self-worth and how their competence is measured by what they look like. Absolutely. And I think with, even though we're working at our jobs, we were hired because we're good at our jobs. We're hired because we're competent, we're smart, we're creative, all of these things. But the thing when I'm jumping on those calls that I'm most worried about are my under eye bags. What? <laughs> why? Why do I give shit? And more than that, why it goes back to even our earlier episodes. Why am I apologizing for existing? A man at our, my company will show up looking exactly the same. <laughs> no makeup. No, uh, you know, didn't take a shower, threw on a hat, threw on a sweatshirt. And I'm not judging them. But- so why? Yeah. More importantly, why do people, men, women alike, feel like it's okay to comment on women's appearance when that never happens like to men? Like it's never like, man, Nate, you look really tired today. Are you okay? Like you yes. look like death warmed over. Are you gonna make it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like who <laughs> and I would say that happens a lot. I would say with less so with my millennial and Gen Z colleagues and we're significantly all more women. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's, there is a change, I will say, in like when I was going to the office, I did my makeup, my hair. I got dressed every day. I wore a lot more heels, which I have cut out of my wardrobe completely. And when we started in the pandemic, I often did my full makeup when getting on a call. And in that time, in the last three years, there's definitely been a lot less. I've definitely started to feel more and more comfortable just showing up like this. Though in saying that, I also use that uh, adjust my appearance or fix my appearance on Zoom 
to get rid of my under eye bags or any blemishes on my skin. I would love Zoom. I want stats and data on how many women use that function versus men. I wonder how many men even know that's available. I mean, I didn't even know it was available, honestly. I truly <laughs> like I I I also I also have desks concealer just <laughs> Sarah while we're being has transparent a whole, like makeup setup just in her desk. I do. I literally just brought it downstairs cuz I was using a couple of the pieces, but yeah, I have like a handful of things I keep in my little desk drawer uh to touch up before. Uh, but one thing you're talking about like professional attire. When you're talking about a professional attire, uh, no one says it outright, or it, you don't see it written outright. But it's that you know men can wear a shirt and slacks, a women women can wear you know skirts, dresses, but also underlying makeup is a part of that to yeah. feel professional, to look professional. I I see it when I go to conferences, when I went to our our sales kickoff. Women always have a full face of makeup. There are people who are, you know, wear it more lighter than others, but especially in the sales world, I just found being fully made up, even to the point of like false eyelashes. And again, this is no critique or criticism of people who enjoy doing this. This is all about if you're feeling forced to add that to your wardrobe because you're not going to be taken seriously, you're not going to be looked at as professional or, uh, if by not wearing makeup, you're sloppy or I don't know, you don't care. That's not true. It's personal preference, but. Right. And so, I mean, makeup is, is one thing, but another pressure that women have that men do not have is God forbid you have gray hair and you show your age Yes. in the workplace. And m- with men, like, oh, he's so distinguished. He's older. It gives him like, you know, an extra, you know, level of competence because he's seen so much. Like, but if women have it, they look old, right? Like that's yeah. not okay. And I remember, you know, so for those of you who don't know me, I went gray very early. I started graying in the seventh grade. It's a genetic thing. Here we are. Math teacher embarrassed the shit out of me in the middle of a math test. And so ever That's since then, <laughs> like the because I wasn't awkward and ridiculous enough as a middle schooler that I needed some like teacher to point out to the entire class that Courtney has gray hair, but whatever, it builds character. Um, and so I colored it for a very, very long time. And I decided one day, like, fuck it, I'm not going to color this anymore. And so I started to let it grow in. And there was a lot of commentary and pressure. Obviously, like, moms don't, like, they don't want you to have gray hair because then they feel old. That's fine. Love you, mom. Um, But I remember being in a meeting and this man that I worked with, he was in IT, he looked at me and he was like, oh, my God, Courtney, you have so much gray hair. You're too young to have all that gray hair. And I just looked at him and I was like, you gave it to me. <laughs> like, I love what? that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And obviously, like, I did go back to coloring my hair, but not because of any, like, pressure that I felt from third parties to do so because I wanted to. But it's just one of those things where, like, that is such a gross double standard, right? Like men who are who are gray are distinguished. Women who are gray yeah. are old hags. Like, why is that a thing? Yeah, silver fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, they salt and pepper. Like it. There are so many delightful names for really men 
with gray hair. I mean, I would say it to my husband. He has gray hair. It looks great. It like just speckled throughout. I I found my first gray hair like a month ago and I was like, well, here we go. Here we go. I pulled it out. There's a whole movement of women who are embracing their grays and letting it grow in. It was another like, you know, one of those really positive things that came out of the pandemic, right? Like just really embracing who you are. Um, But yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, so in addition to the pressures to one, like be dressed in a professional manner, which for men can be the same two pairs of pants that they own in their closet and like a shirt. And like, that's fine. Like if a man wore the same blue suit every day, nobody would ever question him. Like, no. hey, Chad, did you wear that the past three days? But they, yeah, they tend to only are, have a couple anyway, you know? Right. Whereas women, like we've got multiple closets of clothes because the pressure to wear something new that you haven't worn yeah. before is so great, which is absurd because that really... That's expensive. It's expensive. I also I that know work tax. <laughs> when I do like an annual meeting with my team, I'm looking at that thinking, did I wear this last year? Did I wear that last year? Why? Why am I doing that? But I I, I was glancing over one of our articles just uh, to talk about it. And I came across this term that I really – it's, it's such a good term. I wish I had noticed before. Maybe it's even the title of our episode. Who knows? Aesthetic labor. Ooh. And I I love that term. It it's like emotional labor that we've talked about, aesthetic labor. And I I mean I they don't define it specifically, but the thought that you have to put in the effort on your own appearance in order to be professional, to be taken seriously, to not be criticized in the workplace for your appearance. Uh well, I mean, I think that's a fascinating term. It's a it's an excellent term because it it is a lot of friggin' work. Like, let's let's take 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 the whole fact that it takes you at least an hour to get ready in yeah. the morning aside. What if you want to work out? Now you've got to like the production that is yeah. going to the gym with all of your paraphernalia, your hair dryer, your makeup, all of the shit that you need to schlep to the gym. Um, what if you want to work out midday? Now you're concerned like that your hair that you spent all this time doing is going to yeah. be a total disaster. But men can just like go to the gym at lunch, no big deal, jump in the shower, hop back to the office, and it's like it's not a big deal. Uh, but for women, it's just more of a production because of that expectation. Yep, absolutely. And you know th- that particular article is a Refinery29 article, and, and the title of it is should, uh, Your Boss Should Not Be Asking You to Wear Makeup on Zoom. And I do feel like that really speaks to how women are perceived in the workplace, that not only do you have to oftentimes work harder than your male colleagues, um, be smarter, be more creative, be, uh, you know, not make a single mistake, but you also have to be nice to look at Right at work. You Which, have to be, it has to be, yeah, like visually nice. Sarah's, Sarah's so enraged about this that she's like over there. Clicking oh, I'm sorry. I'm clicking. <laughs> I'm clicking a. Oh, I'm so enraged that I have a fidget and I am fidgeting with it. <laughs> I'm putting it down. If you hear clicking, it's it's me raging. But <laughs> I, I know if you don't know me in real life, I uh, I also tear paper sitting at my desk, and she the worst does, day yeah. I have, the more tiny rolls of paper there are on my desk. The bigger so, the piles become. When I was working in an office, it was a really good indicator on how shitty my day was. 
Uh, now my my husband just uh, looks at my desk and sighs. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that he, that you're going to need a moment to uh, cool off. <laughs> now I have a little trash can where I can deposit my tiny rolls of paper. But. <laughs> um, so we've talked about makeup. We've talked about gray hair. The other thing that I want to talk about, Sarah, which I think probably hits pretty close to home for you, are tattoos. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about tattoos, this aspect which, of it. And like this, like this impacts men and women. It does. Like, I, I even have this, like, I have this contractor friend who like, he never wears sleeves. Like he just shows up in his like sleeveless tank tops when, when he needs to do work. He showed up one day in a t-shirt and I was like, whoa, very jarred. Like what's happening here? Why are you wearing sleeves? And he was like, oh, I had to, you know, I had to go quote a job and like the tattoos, like they freak some people out. I'm like, what is even yeah. happening right now? Uh, you were so that's a contractor. Like, let's talk about this in the workplace. I, and there are, I think, specifically for women as well. Though, absolutely, men get this, and I've had a lot of conversations. So, I, I, I don't. Know, we're going to keep saying that if you don't know me in real life, I'm covered in tattoos, and <laughs> and I, I think. Well, I always I actually think it's really funny. It's very jarring for people because I will dress professionally, wear a blazer, and then if you, you know, I'll take my blazer off and I'll have a sleeveless shirt on, and I have tattoo sleeves, and people are astonished, and it was a lot easier when I worked at startups. When I was working at little startups. Everyone had a tattoo. I wasn't interesting or unique. <laughs> it Tattoos, didn't matter. like pink hair, purple hair. Yeah. Like it's, all, it's all good. It didn't matter. But I definitely get, you know, especially from older generations, gasping or or people being like, huh, I, I would never do that, but it looks good on you. Kind of those like backhanded compliments. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's good because I didn't get it for you, but <laughs> that's fine. Uh but an interesting thing that happened to me this year, uh, I always wear a blazer or sleeves when I'm presenting. And I've noticed a lot of women recently have been presenting in like sleeveless shell top, like still, you know, uh, what I consider business casual or business, but they're, they're sleeveless. And I've never felt comfortable with that because I have tattoos and it would feel like, you know, people would perceive me a certain way or judge me for, you know, they didn't like tattoos or they think it makes me look too casual. I've gotten all those sorts of comments before, but I actually presented this year in a sleeveless top covered in tattoos. And I don't actually know. No one said anything besides, oh my God, I didn't know you had tattoos. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. And and I I think on Zoom, it's been sort of, (laughs) that's the kind of silver lining is that, um, in the summer, I will wear a lot of sleeveless tops. So I kind of ease people in to seeing me like that. So they know that I'm professional, that I'm good at my job, that I know what I'm doing. So then I can show up places and not it be not have it be so jarring for people. But do you do you ever feel like the perception of you changes once people know that you have tattoos? Yes. And I would say it depends very well, at least in my experience, on the age of the person. People who are my peers tend to be like, oh, I didn't know you were badass. And I was like, okay, well, take it down a notch. <laughs> They're flower tattoos, so take a deep breath. Um, but then from older generations, it's like, ooh, wow, are you going to get more? <laughs> probably. <Yes. laughs> probably, yeah. Um, 
And my tattoos, I mean, are their flowers. That's it. So I think, you know, I, I've had conversations. I had a conversation with a sales rep once who was covered in tattoos and would wear long sleeves to play golf because his tattoos were a little edgier. He didn't feel comfortable. He felt like clients wouldn't take him seriously or they'd see that and they'd be like, ugh, like, what are you? Like, why would you do that to yourself? You must not be a serious person or things like that. And I mean, I think they look great and it's, I it's it's nothing to do with your personality. It blows my mind that like this is still a thing in 2023. Like yeah. what people choose to do with their bodies, but on their bodies, like it's none of your damn business. It and also that doesn't does not, mean yeah. that like they have mental problems or they are not competent or any of these. It or does not affect. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't affect the way that I do my job. I have had tattoos, whether you knew about it or not, for the last, tw- wow, 20 years. So <laughs> sorry, just did that math. Sorry, that was staggering. <laughs> <laughs> For the last 20 years, I've had tattoos, and uh, yeah, it has never affected my my job or my ability to do my job. Uh, I will say at my last company, it was a much more conservative company. I always covered my tattoos. You always covered. I always covered. You yeah. never saw them unless you could see a little bit because I have them on my forearms. And, and I do remember like when one female leader like noticed that you had tattoos, she had a very like strong older older woman had a very strong reaction to it. Yeah, it also tends to open the door for people to touch me for unre- like in case you're wondering, the skin feels the same. So, you don't please, need to test it. Please don't <laughs> like, touch people. Don't touch people. Period. It's like so if they weird. have tattoos, that's not an invitation. Don't touch if they their are hair. Pregnant, like don't it is them. not an invitation for you to touch their belly. Like yes, Please don't touch their hair, especially if it's curly. We've spent a lot of time to mitigate frizz. Yes, absolutely. Don't touch people's hair. Don't touch people's body. Don't touch their stomachs. Just as a general rule in life, not even just the workplace. Hands to yourself. Uh, But yeah, yes, she did have a very aggressive reaction to my tattoos. And you definitely saw her opinion change, even though my work ethic or my personality did not change. Um, It hasn't changed with the tattoos that I've gotten. Uh, my husband ha- is even more tattooed than I am. And he is a, a software developer. And of course he, he is. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't feel the same pressure to cover up his tattoos that I do. And the perception of him is maybe that he's stronger, more like, you know, not as definitely he gets like kind of it's very casual, but he also works at a tiny startup. So And like that's that's one of those things, yeah. right? Like tech industry, you expect it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I remember being at we had this like like an all hands team meeting. So like I'm a, I'm a consultant for those who are new here. Um I implement software, right? Like that's what I do. I'm not a managing consultant. I'm not like your big four Bain McKinsey, like nonsense, making PowerPoints for what you should do with your business strategy. Um, and so we do have those types of businesses at our company and they're amazing people who are really, really wonderful, but it is definitely a different vibe. And so we had someone join us who is really used to working with the other side of the business. And she was at our all hands and she was like, this team is just amazing. There are all of these like funny, like laid back, tattooed, like individuals who are just great. And I was like, 
yeah, like I, I guess, yes, like we are very different from the rest of the business in that way. But it was funny to see her react. She was obviously like our age, like she didn't have a negative reaction to it at all. She was just kind of like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, I definitely get the other side of it where people are like, oh my God, I think because of my personality and uh, that I don't know, people don't expect me to have tattoos. So when they see them, they're like, what? I, you're so, you're completely the opposite. I don't know what people assume personalities are people who have tattoos tons thousands of people have <laughs> tattoos it's not um especially of our you know generation it's not particularly unique but yeah the, it's very interesting to see pe- how people will take it um yeah i and feel like, like it's getting better getting easier but still another pressure that you know obviously both sexes feel it but is another just another layer on women for the pressure to how like you should present yourself. And the fact that, you know, people feel so open and free to comment on it is, it's really mind blowing. Um, Yes. We, we do, we do these like sessions that are sort of like, you know, female empowerment stuff at work where folks come in to like talk and discuss certain topics. And we had some gentlemen come in to present to a group of women Uh, And a large portion of the presentation was what you should wear to look professional. And let me tell you, these ladies were irate. Irate that this man even felt that he was in any sort of a position to to comment on this. Oh, man. It was an excellent learning opportunity for both the the participants and the presenter, I think. Um, (laughs) Did he receive that feedback? He d- he in that did. moment, oh. yeah, he didn't receive it in the moment. He did receive the feedback after the fact because there were so much, like there were just so many comments about <laughs> this presentation that, like, there honestly was nothing that they could do about it. That's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. It's that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, that actually, so one point I did want to go. There were two points I thought of uh, as you we were talking, and one we talked about. You know, we both have curly hair. But what we didn't touch on is that black women feel this so much more than we do. And oh, yeah. I mean, like their hair like, is often told that they're unprofessional. That how, I mean, like, even as, as like privileged white women, yeah. right? Like, having curly hair is viewed as like sloppy, yeah. right? Like, they expect you to straighten it. So I can only imagine how much that is amplified. Oh or my gosh. like people with ethnic care. Yeah. It's, I would say that, you know, specifically black women with natural hairstyles, the criticisms, the people touching hair, that's, it's just, it's disgusting. And ladies, people, if you have natural hairstyles, please rock them because you look fucking amazing. Like so amazing. And I, but more than that, we need to change this culture and uh, of, of how, women in general but also you know specifically black women are are viewed when we wear our hair a certain way and whether that's you know protective ha- hairstyles with braids how they feel like that oh it's too casual it's not uh you know what do they got like european centric or <laughs> hairstyle like I smooth think this is- blonde 
If uh, we have if we have any women of color out there who are listening who would feel comfortable coming on and talking about this, I feel like this could be an entire topic. I'd love to hear personal I'm experiences. I'm certainly not educated enough to like have this conversation or even, you know, assume I know how you feel about this topic. Yeah, and just in you know speaking to black women about how their hair is perceived in the workplace, I've heard so many horrible stories that break my heart and make me want to rage <laughs> at men specifically <laughs> um, about having to chemically straight or feeling like they are pressured to chemically straighten their hair to um, to hide how their hair is done, to not wear it certain ways because it's unprofessional or more than that, being called out in the workplace because their hair quote unquote, isn't professional. Or to to conform to whatever this like acceptable standard of beauty is, which Sarah, like you grew up as a redhead. Yeah. Yes. And while that experience does not even even begin to compare, I I definitely as a like, I have very curly hair and I remember tons of times, actually I remember like these specific few times in the mall when I was a kid. Um, on an escalator and a woman came up and just like boinged my curls and touched my I, I this that's happened to me a lot and it pissed me off and again doesn't even compare to what women of color experience with their hair on a daily basis so uh yeah if you would if you feel comfortable in sharing your experience we would love to hear it uh, we absolutely would so please please reach out um, the other, the other thought I had was just, you were talking about how, you know, they, they brought someone in to talk about, you know, women in the workplace. Uh, the other thing that I feel like is a specific experience for women is that when they do like prizes or gifts and women are gifted spa experiences or, mm. or like hand cream and men get like good gifts, like, you know desk organizers and things you would actually use or me that I would use. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that's like, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, a woman's appearance dictates how far up the corporate ladder she can climb. Like how yeah. many female executives have you seen that haven't been like, you know, relatively like trim, put together, yep. well-dressed, made up, like your example of a very traditional type of beauty. Obviously, there are some amazing like women of oh, color absolutely. who are are incredible like executives. But I think in our sphere, right? Sarah's getting she's, she's oh getting god, I'm doing it again. again. <laughs> I put it far um, away from me. <laughs> but like these these the women who end up climbing this ladder are typically of like they're they're the they look like the ideal of what you think. Yeah. Full face of makeup, straight blonde hair. But how many times have you seen like male executive CEOs that are just like schleppy disasters? Like they don't take care of themselves. Like they look like they just rolled out of bed. Like they could not buy a collared shirt that's the appropriate size of their neck if their life depended on them. Like, but that has never held that person back. And I would say, you know, you've spoken earlier about wearing like the same thing over and over again. Uh, for men. I mean, we'd talk about like Steve Jobs and, oh, he didn't want to make decisions. So he wore the same turtleneck every day. Hey, no shade. Do your thing. But the kind of criticism I think a woman would have gotten in that situation um, would have been insane. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely like paved the way for what was her name from Theranos. Like, oh she kind god, of, like yeah. But but like whatever her what the hell was her name? I can't think of it. But what did she do to like compensate for her femininity? Right, like she put on a false lower voice. Yeah. To like make people have more confidence in her. I mean, there's a lot wrong with that whole situation, but there were things that she did that, you know, were done for a very specific reason to help her kind of further whatever it was that she was trying to get away with. I, the other thing you touched on also is, um, thinness specifically in, in women. I would say not, not to say that men don't feel that pressure, but women definitely feel it more. And that if you live in a larger body that you are perceived as lazy or not caring about your appearance or, you know, any number of things. And to go in, I live in a smaller, larger body. And I still have felt that pressure to to really more engage in conversation about how they're dieting and they're fasting and they're on their Peloton 3,000 times a day, hours a day. And, you know, what a, like, what are, what kind of diets am I doing? And that definitely is a huge part of the appearance thing in the workplace when you see, you know, women in positions of power. I mean, not to say that there aren't plus size women in power. There are. It's just that there's, there's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot fewer of them. And that that constant, I mean, this is probably another episode too, but that constant discussion in the workplace of dieting and, you know, even actually this has come up so much. We have asked salespeople, not at this company, but in the past, salespeople to share their personal goals along with their mm-hmm. work goals. Which so, I hate. Like I this really is hate work. <laughs> so many of them were get back on my, like, you know, my diet, take care of myself. Uh, you know, in, in what they mean is lose weight. They don't mm-hmm. mean really work on the, their health of their body. That's not what they're, they're talking right. about. You know, I'm looking for more flexibility and, you know, to get out to clear my mind and take a walk as opposed, but no, they're looking for thinness, whiteness, you know, uh, straight hair, the closest to kind of that, that what's perceived as, as that ideal. And that, which is ridiculous out of my because mind. women's bodies come in all shapes and sizes. We are all genetically predisposed to be whatever size, like our like genes and molecules have yes. predetermined for us. And more and than that, that doesn't mean that you're not healthy, that you don't work hard, that like you don't take care of yourself. Like this is what your body wants yeah. to be, especially, and, uh, especially yes. women who have es- children. Especially. Yeah. And I would also say that it, it never has the size of my body affected my my thought, <laughs> my ability to work hard. And, you know, I, lo- I know lots of plus size women. It's obviously the same thing. It does not affect it. It's, it's strictly um, an appearance thing for people. They mm-hmm. feel like they, you know, they are owed an explanation or that to be, you know, you have to engage in diet speak. You have to engage in the apologizing for your, experience, your uh, appearance on Zoom all of these things. So, so as you all are listening to this, put it, I would love to know, like drop it in the comments, like look at your own leadership team. And (laughs) if there are women in it, (laughs) um, what do they look like? Like, are they this like very traditional standard of beauty? Like, do you have plus size women represented in 
your leadership team? Like we, yeah. we really want to Women of know. color in on your color? leadership team. Um, we do not. <laughs> but uh, in, in a company that, you know, great company, but that we talk about being diverse, there's very little diversity on the leadership team. Very little team. diversity. Yep. Um, also, I'll have to find this article, but at, at some point I came across something that said that, you know, most female executives tend to be blonde. Um, that's interesting, which is interesting, right? Because, you know, there aren't a lot of blondes in the similar way that there are not a lot of redheads, right? Like it is Mm -hmm. a recessive gene. Um, and so like, there are a lot of women who dye their hair blonde to meet this like very Eurocentric, uh, ideal of beauty, but I'll I'll have to find the article. It was very, very interesting. It was this, it was this combination of, you know, it's this, specific type of a beauty standard but also that blonde women are not viewed as being threatening um and it was this idea of this perception of like dark hair as being more intense and like more like more threatening and and having a bias based on hair color which it's also is interesting naturally blonde women tend to be white so that plays a big part of it too. You I don't think say. I actually, you don't say. <laughs> uh, I, fa- I think I might have found the article actually. Uh, well, I found an article. Uh, 2% of the world's population and 5% of white people in the U.S. have blonde hair, but 35% of female U.S. senators and 48% of female CEOs uh, That's at it. S&P 500 companies are blonde. Female university p- presidents likely are likely more likely to be blonde too. Uh, this is an old article. It's from 2016, but it still speaks to, I think that you can climb the ladder if you adhere to a certain appearance. I think that's what you're, you know, you're speaking to is that. Yeah, it is. I are, mean, I'm not going to like, there, like some women decide to go blonde when they go gray because oh, it's totally. easier to hide it. Like, fine, 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 whatever. That's fine. I don't think that that's the case here. No. For like some of these women in these leadership yeah. roles. I mean, like that the- has been something that she has like intentionally done in order to further her career. And it's ridiculous, like props <laughs> that you were able to manipulate the system, but also it's ridiculous that you even had to do that. Yes. And I just to add to this, uh, it, it is a study that was published in 2005. So, you know, check the numbers for 2023. But uh, just over 2% of male Fortune 500 CEOs were blonde. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. That's because mm-hmm. most of them are bald, but I think <laughs> that uh, or have white hair or have white hair um, because they're distinguished and because yeah, have their, experience. Their age, their age increases their competence. Apparently, yeah, it doesn't make them grossly out of touch with the people they manage or anything. Here, I'll, and I'll read one other quote from this article. Man, this this is a great article. <laughs> Our data suggests that blonde women are not only assumed to be younger than their darker haired counterparts, but are also judged to be less independent minded and willing to take a stand than other women uh, and, and than men. So that's, uh, that is very interesting. It's very interesting. The complete opposite of gingers who are perceived to light shit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Ginger rage is not a, and not apologize and for not it. Apologize, exactly. <laughs> it's uh yeah, if the if another quote from if the package is feminine, disarming, and childlike, you can get away with more assertive, independent, and stereotypically masculine behavior. Mm-hmm. So that that is really interesting that you know women are, and maybe it's even subconscious are playing the system, 
and I get it, right? We we've had to be under the thumb of of the patriarchy for and continue to be for so long that you have to gain the system in some ways. But there are so many people, so many women that can't game the system because right. of the bodies that they live in. And that right. is absolute fucking bullshit. It's um Barbara Cochran, who is one of like the sharks, right? She's mm-hmm. she actually has a good bit like a good piece on this where she talks about how she these are not her words, but how she almost weaponized her femininity to manipulate the men in her sphere so that she could advance, right? Like she's blonde. She had a nice body. She wore a lot of skirts, right? Like she really weaponized her sexuality in order to manipulate the situation to advance in her career. But to your point, like not everyone has that privilege and luxury to be able to do that, but also like that gentleman, like that should not be the only path forward for a woman to advance, right? To like play the game of what you view as attractive yep. or what you dictate as confident and and not threatening which i think is a really interesting and, piece but of not it. threatening not right threatening. which is like that whole idea of when you weaponize femininity right like you aren't threatening you are you don't challenge things you like quietly manipulate situations right in order to get the outcome that you want yeah I mean, and we usually do our little segment too and, and talk about what to do about this. In, in this case, I don't know. I don't know the answer. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm like, just we all revolt. Ladies, if you're ready, like we have got the pitchforks I'm, and the torches ready to go. I am not go. showering anymore. And I <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not shaving. We're not showering. Fuck off. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I like, I think with anything, it's just a matter of calling it out when you hear it. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and just, and asking people nicely to, hey, I understand that you might be concerned about how I'm feeling, but how you phrased that really isn't great. <laughs> like, can, yeah. can you maybe not talk about my appearance? Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, can we leave my appearance out of this completely would be a great way to go about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I will I still wear makeup on Zoom because I feel obligated? Probably. Probably. <laughs> but I I have I have noticed that since we've been I we don't have an office at my company, you know, we're all remote workers that I am or I have a meeting after this and I'm showing up just like this. And maybe more and more we we do that, it's going to be less uh expected. In fact, one of the articles that we, I found when, when looking at his uh, uh, Huffington Post article, and it's that women are returning to the office without makeup uh, because of the pandemic, because we've started this trend of wearing less makeup, getting less, you know, made up in general with our clothing and everything. And again, not to say that you can't, if you enjoy it, you know, go for it. Rock but uh, for those that were doing it just because of the obligation, maybe this is an opportunity for us to be able to reset a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, I I hope so. I mean, there like it even goes down to criticality of how you present yourself in photos, right? Like LinkedIn, like your team's photo. I once had this girl who worked for me and she was super competent, super incredible, like early 30s, like she, you know, grew up with like a really challenging family situation and she had braces because she was an adult 
single mother who decided that it was time she wanted to take care of this this situation for herself and she paid for braces and she had this picture of herself on teams and she was just smiling really big in it and she looked lovely like there was nothing wrong with this picture and some of the men that I worked with were like she really needs to change that picture because she looks so young and I'm like what like what are you even talking about right now and you had it first of all it's not externally facing second of all even if it were there's nothing wrong with that image like why do you think it's okay for like if that was a man with braces you never would make that comment no you wouldn't uh i mean you even experienced something like that with with your picture i mean you looked awesome like you know ready to take on the world but oh thank you sarah yeah it was it was a time in my life where i was feeling like you know a little bit like emo female empowerment i cut my hair into a pixie i dyed it dark brown like living our best life And uh, yeah, I was told that the picture was too I am woman, hear me roar, to which I say, fucking roar. Deal with it. Hear me roar. Yeah. And I will be roaring. um, (laughs) And I will be roaring and I'm not going to change it just because like someone perceives that as being too, like an image that is projecting too much strength. Like I I was just standing there smiling with my hands on my hips. Like, why is that? Why is that not okay? For folks who have not seen the picture, it just it's still on my linkedin just out of principle it looks great (laughs) it looks like it it didn't even occur to me that that was an issue but the call also was from a woman it was and she 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 asked me to change it multiple times in public (laughs) and yet it still stands there it it is great (laughs) you know what i was even thinking was that even when we when we were texting this morning about getting on this call, I said, I'm not going to be camera ready, just so you know. <laughs> and I said, good, neither will I. <laughs> so maybe we do need to post a little of this video because we might need to, you know, <laughs> hey, it goes with our theme. But sometimes you just don't wear makeup and you don't do your hair and you're, you rock a Carhartt hoodie and uh, go fuck yeah, yourself. Exactly. Sometimes you just have bags in your eyes because... You're because exhausted. I'm exhausted. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I'll try not so, touching up my appearance today on Zoom. Ooh, I I would like to see that. Let me know how that I'm goes for to. you. I I give you until like noon. Yeah, it's it's the default, so I'm gonna have to go turn it off. <laughs> um, and so like say. <laughs> Uh, I love that it's your default and also it makes me weep silently inside. It's terrible. Um, But I know you asked like, what do we do about this? And I think like, I I think what we do about it is the same thing that we do about everything is right. Like call it out when you see it. And I I know I touched on this a little bit earlier, but you know, when it comes to things that are predominantly female, um, I think it makes men uncomfortable or at least the type of men that are problems uncomfortable when you call out that behavior. And so, you know, I would just encourage you to do that. And for the person who asked, Hey, what do I do when I have my period at work? Um, first of all, like why we don't have leave for that is beyond me when other developed countries do, but we also don't have paid maternity leave. So great. Um, totally a topic for another day. Um, but you should leverage your sick time for that. Uh, and if your boss deigns to ask, like, what's wrong, you should feel completely comfortable telling him exactly 
what you is need wrong. to do because he will rue the day <laughs> that he asked you that question. And I guarantee you, the next time you call in sick, he will never ask you again. <laughs> I we get him one of those um, machines that uh, that shows men how it feels to have cramps. Crank oh, that bad boy I up love, to eleven. I love those reels and TikTok videos. Like they're so good. They're like dying by the time it hits like three. And I'm like, really? <laughs> That's interesting because mine are at a ten, and I had to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and like be encouraged to like go work out and like still parent and like do all the things. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're having pain that's equivalent to a heart attack because that is what they have determined (laughs) that period pain feels like. It's amazing. That's probably why so many women don't uh, know when they're having a heart attack because they're like, well. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, this is fine. This just feels slightly uncomfortable. I'll just take some like a leave and call it a day. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, it's ridiculous. But I, I think what I love for feedback for this episode is share with us if you have experienced this. And also share with us if you have challenged this in the workplace. Are you still showing up to your Zoom meetings with makeup? Or, you know, if you if you didn't want to, if you feel compelled to. And if you're pushing back on this, how are you doing it? We'd love to share some of those stories. How are you doing it? Like, please yeah. let us know. Um, Excellent. Right. Well, that was a lot of it stuff. It was a lot of stuff. I think that we could we could honestly have a couple episodes. Yeah, we probably so, could if you want to dig in more la- to any of these. Yeah, let us know. Like, ladies of color, if you want to come on and talk about how this impacts you and your experience in the workplace, please let us know. Yeah, We'd love to have I'll you actually on. just uh, – just to follow up with that really quick too is just if you are a white woman in the workplace and you see – someone touching black women's hair or and, or discussing about how it's not professional like this this falls on on us as white women to to stand up and say something because um that is fucking absurd and it needs to stop immediately so yeah, yeah. speak up for you know all women in your workplace in, the, in this case but specifically for women of color like they they feel the impact of this far more than we do so and and men, it is your responsibility to do this for all women across yes, the board. Absolutely. So please like pay attention to what's being said. Pay it pay attention not just to what's being said, but we're all on camera. We're all in person now, like in some form or another. Yeah. Watch the women and how they react because that reaction is it's really hard to hide that like initial gut punch reaction to someone saying something like that like even the most controlled of us like for it will register for a split second and that's all you need it's all you need to know like how that woman is feeling and for you to use your voice and your power and your privilege unfortunately because you're men in the workplace to say something and stand up for women absolutely and as usual uh rate review subscribe on all of the platforms Please. Please. We are really loving this. And uh, we want to hear from you again our, in our link tree on Instagram. You can submit your own stories. You can submit to- topics. Thank you to all the people that submitted topics for this one in particular. And uh, yeah, we look forward to next week. Yeah, next week, I believe we're going to have a guest, our Special very guest. first guest. And just as a sneak peek, we're going to talk about is it a woman's obligation to stand up for all women in the workplace, regardless of performance maybe? Or is it our responsibility to stand up for any sort of 
um, minority in the workplace, right? Like people who identify as certain genders or people who are people of color, right? Like what, like what is the obligation? And we're going to, we're going to unpack that, which I think is a pretty big topic. Absolutely. Excellent. We will see you next time. Like what you hear? Be sure to follow along for more Ginger Age. We'll catch you in the next episode.